lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Indeed, I want to wish you a merry 15 days to flatten the curve. It's America's new holiday. How many of you have it off? Well, millions of you do. Because you're unemployed. And you lost your businesses. So merry 15 days to flatten the curve. That's right. The one-year anniversary today. You know, a lot of us thought America needed a secular holiday. Like the day after the Super Bowl. People have talked about that, right? I, I think this we finally have one. Today is the day. March 16th, a day which shall live in infamy. When the absolute dumbest managerial decision of all time was made. And we will have plenty to talk about where that is concerned on today's show. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erson. That's Aaron McIntyre. How are all of you? Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's how you can email the program. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And if you prefer the uh, anti-Civil War uh, variations of those platforms, look for Steve Dace on Gab, MeWe, and follow at Steve Dace on Parler. And if you're looking for clips of the show that you can sample, and then hopefully share with others. Go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace or rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. There is still time, by the way. We've gotten quite a few entries for this thing. So there's still time if you want to enter our NCAA tournament bracket contest. If you've got the best bracket, uh, you don't have to beat me. You probably can't. I finished in the top 1% the last three years in a row in the NCAA tournament. But give it your best shot. But you don't worry, don't worry about having to beat me. You just have to beat everybody else. All right. If you've got the best bracket, uh, then you're going to win a bunch of Dace Show swag at the end of March Madness. So uh, the link for that is pinned at the top of both our Twitter and Facebook accounts, or just go to ESPN.com if you want to enter their bracket challenge. Look for the Steve Dace Show group. Uh, doesn't require a password. It's open to the public. The Steve Dace Show group. And Todd will be entering a bracket. That is a direct corporate dictate. He will be entering a bracket. Yes, he will. Like to file a grievance? And there's no one to file it to. Uh, This is a benevolent dictatorship. And of course, I get to define what benevolence is. (laughs) I I went to the Anthony Fauci School of (laughs) Management. What do you think? That's that good. That's perfect. Yeah, I thought yesterday you didn't have to fit, was, fill out a bracket, and six feet was fine. Then I thought today three feet's even better, and you do. So how do you like them apples? Do you like that? Is that all right? Does that work for you? Because it works it's for me. Apparently non-negotiable. And who knows? Maybe by the Fourth of July weekend, you won't have to fill out any more brackets anymore, Todd. We shall see. Ah. Okay. All right. Let's get to what's coming up on the program today. Uh, we mentioned. Uh, It is the one-year anniversary of 15 days to flatten the curve. Next hour, we are going to take a stroll down memory lane, and it is, folks, a dark road. A special one-hour edition of Fake News or Not. How do we load thee? Let us count the ways. Somehow, I managed to come up with the top 10 worst examples of fake news, which was very difficult. Because there were approximately 666 of them. So uh, narrowing it down to 10 will be tough. But next hour, 
we will count down the 10 worst examples of fake news in the year in COVID. Bottom of this hour, we're going to talk to the director of the forthcoming film about Roe v. Wade. But before we get to all of that, of course, we must begin with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Mad Libs. Play it with me now. The Mexican... Today's fake news or not is so spectacular that your beloved producer forgot to put today's montage into the queue. So let me stall for time while I rectify this mistake, as today is actually 316 and not 315. If you will, grant me a little bit of grace as we get to what happened while we were away. Brought to you by year one of the Great Reset in the books. Yesterday is the day back in 2020 that marked the formal beginning of the year of madness and science in the United States and around the globe. The Trump White House, along with the White House Coronavirus Task Force, unveiled their plans called 15 Days to Slow the Spread, which was synonymous with the buzz term at the time, flatten the curve, so that hospitals wouldn't become overwhelmed. It was basically a hall pass for the conception of COVID tyranny we witnessed around the country in the months ahead, as you well know. Today is also the day the paper entitled Impact of Non-Pharmaceutical Interventions and PIs to Reduce COVID-19 Mortality and Healthcare Demand. It was published by Neil Ferguson and others at Imperial College London. The paper claimed 2.2 million people in the United States would die from coronavirus by August and is largely regarded as the impetus for the concept of quarantining the healthy, a.k.a. lockdown. Ferguson, as you'll recall, broke his own lockdown recommendations just a couple months later so he could hit it with a married mistress. Much more on this later. In the meantime, headline from the Daily Wire, Enough is enough, California church begs Governor Newsom to open for Easter after being fined hundreds of thousands. Yes, Pastor Jack Treber of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, pleaded with Governor Newsom via video recently saying the congregation has been meeting outside since the county government fined them over $100,000 for continuing to meet inside last year. We're out here literally freezing in the winter through hail this past week as people sat here and through rain. And we are very hot in the summer. Yet we have a 3,000-seat auditorium that sits empty. Now, we gave you last Easter, I, I preached an empty auditorium by myself in there to 3,000 people, our media people, that's it. In addition to Easter, we gave you Mother's Day and Father's Day. Uh, we gave you July 4th. We gave you Labor Day. We gave you all the summer, we gave you all the spring, we gave you all the fall. I don't think it means what you think it means. In the Netherlands, police beat and dogs bit lockdown protesters. In New York, a new Siena poll finds only 35% of New Yorkers think Governor Andrew Cuomo should resign immediately following his numerous and growing list of accusations of sexual harassment and that, uh, you know, pesky nursing home scandal. Half of voters surveyed said the governor should not resign. A plurality of voters, 48% to 34%, also said Cuomo can continue to effectively do his job as governor. Dr. Anthony Fauci told Chuck Todd over the weekend. When can people plan an indoor wedding? You know, that's a, that's a good question, and I think that's going to be within a reasonable period of time. This you notice year? what the CDC is doing? They gave, uh, excuse me, I didn't hear what this you said. This calendar Chuck. year? What, what time of the year? I, 
You know, I, I can't give you that exact date because it's going to absolutely depend. And this gets back to our, our conversation a minute or two ago. It's going to depend on the level of infection in community. Moderna has announced the start of a new COVID-19 vaccine trial with children as young as six months old participating. According to the CDC, the infection fatality ratio for ages 0 to 19 years old is 0.00003. According to The Intercept, Pfizer executive recently told investors that people may need a third dose of the COVID vaccine in addition to yearly booster shots. It seems as if almost the entirety of Europe has halted the use of AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine, as Germany, France, Italy, and Spain recently added themselves to the list of country pausing those jabs, as continued reports of blood clots in some recipients causes <coughs> concern. Moving on, and in the annals of journalism is magical and not at all broken, the Washington Post, along with the Associated Press, made a doozy of a correction yesterday in their story from January 9th detailing a phone call between then-President Trump and a Georgia elections investigator. The original story cited an anonymous source and, quote, erroneously reported that Trump pressed the investigator to find the fraud and said it would make the investigator a national hero. A recording of the actual phone call made public recently revealed, surprise, Trump didn't say either of the things the story said. CNN host Don Lemon appeared on The View to share his thoughts about the Vatican announcing yesterday homosexuality still cannot be blessed by the Catholic Church. I think that the the Catholic Church and many other churches really need to re-examine themselves and their teachings because that is not what God is about. God is not about hindering people or even judging people. Checking in on our ever-politicized military, freshman representative Marjorie Taylor Greene recently called Guam a, quote, foreign land. Naturally, members of the Guam National Guard paid her office a visit in uniform. The U.S. military has also halted the gender-neutral Army combat fitness test after finding female soldiers were failing it at a rate of 65%. Learning Chinese today. Today's phrase is no, seriously, you should really learn Chinese because you're going to need it. One of the finalists for the UK's highest prize for fiction written by women is a dude. And finally, a public school teacher in Loudoun County, Virginia, put her local school board on blast to their face over critical race theory. If she can do this, so can you. This school district continues to show up on national news and it is absolutely embarrassing to see what once used to be the nation's leading uh, school district has desecrated to. This school district is upon almost every single school district in the nation that continues to force teachers through mandatory training where we are told to examine our whiteness, white privilege, white supremacy, microaggressions upon every other thing that is absolutely stupid and racist. Now, the same school district wants to threaten to fire teachers who do not agree with a critical race theory. You are the face of privilege. You do not speak for us if you do not work with us. If you keep up this racist insanity, you will have successfully stripped us of every ounce of love of teaching. And so far, you have succeeded in doing that. Keep this up and you will lose all of your teachers at the same rate that you have been losing these incredible families who some of you fall asleep when they're trying to get your attention. God bless. And that's what happened while we were away. Now that's how it's done, son. And I love how she ended it with the God God bless. I freaking love that. That is how it is done. Here's a question. Where were all the male teachers in the district? Where's all the male teachers in every district, actually? 
Come on, the other school districts doing the uh, critical uh, critical racism theory, meaning we're going to promote racism. Uh, where's all the male teachers that don't like this? Do you know of any or anything from seen any clips? Any of the men stepping up there, or maybe maybe it is a maybe you know maybe we owe the military an apology after yesterday's show. Maybe it's good to be sending the the preggers women off to war, given the state of manhood. Mm, I'm looking at an email box from a dude sent me a note, told me to stop making his wife angry. Uh, you know why your wife's angry, dude? Because you don't have any balls. That's why your wife's angry, and she's doing your job. That's why. I mean, that's why. Let's just let's put it out there. Tough that's but why. fair. Yeah, I mean, that guy needs some tough love every now and then. Yes, right? they do. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, she's a stud, all right? May her house increase, but where are all of the dudes? Do you know where they are? Skinny jean shopping. Indeed. Uh, Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Keeps. You know, you got a million reasons to be stressed out these days. Uh, Stressing out about your male pattern, baldness, and receding hairline doesn't have to be one of them, though. Uh, The good news is that Keeps can help. They offer the same doctor-recommended, FDA-approved hair loss treatment, but they're the generic version, so you only pay about half of the cost. It's a great deal, and you're going to love even more the convenience that goes along with it because um, you can do it all from the comfort of your own home. Just uh, go online, answer some questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. And then it's shipped directly to your door. So that's not all. Big savings, you get convenience, even more savings, though, if you sign up now. Half off your first order. Half off your first order when you go to keeps.com slash grow. That's K-E-E-P-S for keeps.com slash grow. Coming up in the overtime today. A topic I never thought, you know, yesterday's overtime was a question I thought we'd never, ever have to ask, right? Today's overtime is a statement I thought I would never make. But that clip in Aaron's montage is actually Don Lemon's greatest example of journalism ever. Now, I will admit, it's a low bar. I mean, it's really low, guys. Like, low. Okay? Like, subterranean you're like in the earth's nickel core okay so i admit we are grading on a shall we call it sliding scale here see what i did there i do yeah okay um uh, but nevertheless the statement remains true all right the standard may be flawed but the statement remains true we are going to discuss don lemon's greatest example of journalism ever and, and we hope we hear more of that, as a matter of fact, and why that is the case. That is coming up in today's overtime, which you will be able to access right after today's show. If you are a Blaze TV subscriber, just go to blazetv.com slash dace. That's where you can go to watch today's overtime. We're going to record it for you right after today's live program. For the rest of you, if you're not yet subscribers, but you'd like to be because you too want to know, what in the Sam Hill does Don Lemon's greatest example of journalism ever look like? All right, uh, go to blazetv.com slash Jason. I mean, if that's not a hook, folks, if that doesn't really in, how about a discounted subscription? Because probably we got to take a discount off to get you to subscribe to hear us talk about something Don Lemon said. blazetv.com slash Dace. This, this, by the way, will not be included in the Blaze TV marketing materials uh, this last couple of minutes. blazetv.com slash Dace is where you can go to subscribe so you can watch not just the lame overtime we're about to do, but like the other stuff we do on Blaze TV that's actually good. All right, blazetv.com slash Dace. Let's get to what is inside of Aaron's montage. 
And I want to just issue a blanket statement about what's going on with the vaccines. Okay. Um, unless you have, and, and this term often gets thrown around as if it's, if it's as if it's unanimously bad. Like the, you've heard me talk in the past about the term puritanical. I mean, we, we throw this term around like it's just a universal bad to be called that when in reality, they're the people that founded the country, um, produced all of its original offspring. And, you know, we, we accuse these poor folks of uh, having a, you know, a stick up their butt, but a lot of them had nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 kids. And I don't believe any of them were immaculate conceptions, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so ain't none of us here to lament the fall of America in our time if it weren't for the Puritans. Okay, and so we've taken this term puritanical and just turned it into like this universal put down. Okay, there's another term we've done this with dogmatic. It's not bad at all if your dogma is good. If your dogma is good, it's good to be dogmatic. If your dogma is bad, then it's not. I love it when the dogma speaks loudly. I, I figured you would. Okay, if you have a dogmatic view of vaccine of the of the vaccination industry. On a meta level, like say you do, right? right? Yes. Then um, this what I'm about to say does not apply to you. If you're if you're um, not dogmatic about this, and what you want to know in in the particular case of COVID vaccination, if I if you're looking for should I get this? Is it safe? I would urge you to be patient. Unless you're in a high-risk group like my mom, whose immune system is basically nothing. I mean, she's in the hospital. I mean, my mom was one of the few people in America that got, remember H1N1 was going to be Captain's Trip, Captain Trips, remember. My mom is one of the few Americans that, that got that, okay? My mom gets everything. Unless you're in a high-risk group, or you're in a, a service industry that, serves high-risk groups, but frankly, they're having a hard time convincing a lot of healthcare workers to take it. Um, I would urge you to be just cautious. There's no need to be in a hurry. First of all, if you're not in a high-risk group, why take a spot in line from somebody who is, right? I mean, yes. Why do that? that I mean, that's just courtesy. You know, kind of the whole, don't be the Billy Zane of the vaccination effort. We're all okay? in this together, Steve. Yes. I mean, I mean, women and children do get on the boats first. So let's put the people that are, we know are vulnerable and therefore are at a higher, there are issues of blood clots that are documented with the AstraZeneca vaccine in Europe. It's not nearly as high as the rate of its efficacy. That should be said at the same time. We're about the truth here. Okay. But then the question becomes, if you're not in a high-risk group, would why risk that then? Well, that's the question, and that's a good one. And you should be free to ask this. Unfortunately, we, I mean, we live in a society where right now neither big tech uh, wants you to have these conversations. Uh, big media doesn't exist. It's really just a parrot of whatever uh, one particular narrative's party line is. But I would just urge you to be cautious. Wait it out. Let's see. Really, the human trials are ongoing right now uh, because these things are not formally approved. They're still experimental. You, you, I mean, subjecting your, your six-month-old to a human trial for a vaccine, 
I, I mean, I, unless it's the Walking Dead guys come to life, I don't know what kind of a terrible parent, frankly, would let them inject their their baby with something like that. This is not the end. This is not a po- an apocalyptic event. Hey, when you face an apocalyptic event, sometimes you got to make some tough choices, right? This would not be it. Why in the world are you subjecting six month olds to human trials of mRNA vaccines? I, 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 to me, I just find that heinous parenting. Heinous. The mere existence of those trials should be. I might argue that. I might argue flags. that you're right about that too. Okay. Um. My read of what's going on is that, see, see, here's the issue we have. These things have become politicized because the truth of the matter is, except for a very small percentage of people, they're really not needed. Except for a very small percent. Now, within that percentage of people, this virus, man, is a plague, Okay. Within that percentage of people, this virus is a swarm of locusts, but it's a very small percentage of people. The vast majority of people don't require any vaccination for this ever. And I know as if on Q, you cited today more evidence that Sweden is testimony to yes, that fact. Yes, yes. So, number one, you shouldn't be cutting in line of anybody that's within one of those groups. Number one, that's just common human decency. And then number two, there's why be in a hurry to be right or wrong about something when you're not in any danger? Just be prudent. And we're not at a juncture right now, right, where like your favorite rock band's on tour, but you can't go see him unless you have a vet. We haven't reached any of those critical junctures that make you feel like if I want to take my, you know, I want to go back uh, to any form of my regular life, I got to show a proof of that. If we get there, then we can have this conversation. But barring getting there, I don't really know why anybody not in any of these high-risk groups, is in a hurry to get injected with this. In fact, I find that a form of idolatry. That you have yourself bought into some form of unscience, some form of flat earth, some form of voodoo. You know, so you're not in a high-risk group. Get the hell out of the way, number one. And then number two... You know, while those people are navigating whether their individual risk to COVID is worth, is greater than whatever risks there are in taking part in the ongoing vaccine trials, just you're part of the experiment now, um, you know, you can just wait this thing out in real time and see what its efficacy actually is. What's wrong with that? We're not, we're not Israel, which is telling people they can't go back to real life unless they get vaccinated. They're having a different debate over there. We're not at that juncture here. So I don't know why a bunch of healthy people are out getting vaccinated for something they're not in any danger of. Well, Steve, I don't, I want to stop asymptomatic spread. That doesn't, that's not a thing. That's a next hour. I mean, that's the biggest lie of this entire last year. That's not a thing. Okay. It's minuscule. And if you really are fearful of that, believe in that, then just socially distance from the people around you that are in the actual um, vulnerable demographics. And then once they get vaccinated, then it doesn't matter. They're, they should have no fear of your asymptomatic spread if the vaccines work, right? Um, there's five things in your montage I wanted to talk about. I looked at the clock. I've got six minutes. 
So I'm trying to think of Todd. Pick the one. Pick one. You pick one you want me well, to. Well, they address. all happen to back up your cynicism from yesterday. So there's that. Yes. Um, uh, how about the uh, women in the military not being able to pass the test? Sixty-five percent could not. Can I be really snarky? I demand it. Okay. That's why I brought it up. I I kind of think that they already had watered down the standard of physical fitness. And this is not meant to be a joke, okay? It's not. Straight up. Not, this is not, you know, tongue in cheek. It's going to sound snarky, but I mean, I'm, I'm, this is straight up when I'm, a, I, I straight up and believe this when I'm about to say. No effect. But it sounds to me that if you can get 35% of the women to meet the physical fitness requirements, then you already watered the standard down in the first place to yeah. get to get that standard. Man, I mean, I, I, I was a little surprised it actually wasn't higher, which makes me wonder: Did you already water the standard down to even get it to thirty-five percent of women could perform physically at that level? And that's that's not an easy thing. Now, it also could be who knows how many women are attempting that, right? We don't know their volume of numbers, you know. Um, is that the numerator or the denominator? I can't ever remember. But we don't know which it is as we would with men. You know, it's going to be a, a far more voluminous number. But um, I, I was kind of surprised that they could even get 35% of the women could do that stuff. And when you consider that along with what happened with uh, the the uh, soldiers from Gu- the soldiers from Guam yeah you re- again you really have to ask yourself like what is the point of our military at all it clearly isn't to go out and lethally kill it clearly isn't to be what did Tucker Carlson come back at them with? You know, at first, what did he say the other day? My, at first, my family and I were a little worried to have the military after us. But then yeah, we thought, I, I don't know, if they're going to do us like they did the Taliban, who's still there after 20 years. Right. I, I, I said to my wife and kids, I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> Yikes. Right? Yeah. There is a serious, well, this whole thing is serious. But I keep going back to the angle about this that you brought up last week, Aaron. Because it, it, you have kind of thrown some of my own analysis back at me. That the reason why I don't believe some economic... Oh, there, we have been an insolvent country almost my entire life. And I'm going to be 50 years old here in a few years. We have been an insolvent country every... Aaron's entire life. This is not new. But this idea that we're coming to some, uh, we've been printing money, or we're printing more of it than ever before. Well, we were printing more of it than ever before 10 years ago. We were printing more of it than ever before 10 years before that, right? All the same arguments that are being made by, and by the way, you guys who say stuff like this, you actually understand economics. You're smarter than the people making the decisions, okay? You're not wrong. You just exist in a different reality, <laughs> all right? They live in an unreality, which is all the other nations of the world are doing it. Everybody's in on it. This is kind of the Council on Foreign Relations view of the world. That if everybody has an equal amount of skin in the game or some commiserate amount of skin in the game, you get mutual assured destruction, right? Well, I mean, the, the Habsburgs thought that too. But, um, but the reality is there's no one to call the note because to call the note on the United States would be considered an act of war. And no one's going to step to us, right? Yep. Well, that's been right for a long time. 
Uh-oh. Is it still right, though? Because, Aaron, as you define it, you're right. We don't have a gold standard or a, or a, a currency. We have a military standard. We have a military. And so, because there's nobody on a, on a global level, we're, I mean, we're not going to call the note on each other. We're all in on the same debt here, right? We're not calling the note on each other. And so, since there's no global power that capable of stepping to us that we're indebted to, then we just keep rolling over the debt and kicking it down the road, right? Well, if the military is going to woke water itself down, maybe that won't be the case. And is indefinitely that's how you come to your economic apocalypse yeah. is if you can't punch back when somebody decides you know what i'm, I'm going to test this theory i'm not so sure you're the badass that you used to be and the fact that you're saying this out loud is important because you have been the one uniquely saying that you know it's very trendy and i understand the point when people show the debt clock yeah it, I, they're right but you've been you've been unique in saying doesn't matter, guys, because of this, yeah. the reverse of this point. There needs to be a, you can be, it doesn't matter if you're a debtor, if there's no creditor. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes, exactly. doesn't matter if you're a debtor, if there's no creditor. Who's the creditor? And that creditor comes with a cost. And that cost is, you better be able to back it up on the battlefield, mm-hmm. right? Well, I'm kind of starting to wonder if maybe some folks could back it up a little bit. You know what I mean? I do. That, and that, that's what you ought to be concerned about, not the debt clock. That. More in a moment. Don't get a crash course in home title theft this year because it could ruin you financially. Here's how that crime happens. The legal titles to our homes are often kept online these days where uh, cyber thieves know they can hack in and steal them from us. So they go, they do that and then forge your signature on what's called a, cl- a quit claim deed stating that you have sold your home to them. And then they take out loans against your home until all of that equity that belongs to you is gone. And often you don't find out about it until foreclosure notices or something uh, lesser, but just as annoying, you know, like collection calls start showing up. Uh, you're not protected either by your homeowner's insurance nor uh, your mortgage lender. But thankfully, you can be protected by Home Title Lock. And in the unlikely event you still become a member of uh, Home Title Theft while a member of Home Title Lock, they pledge to spend up to a quarter of a million dollars out of their pocket to rightfully restore your home's title to you. So go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address to see if you've already been targeted and you're not yet aware. And then while you're there, use the code RADIO to get 30 free days of protection. That's the code RADIO for 30 free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. We are efforting uh, the director of the forthcoming Roe v. Wade film for uh, this week's Pop Culture Tuesday. In lieu of that, if we can't connect with him, there is something in your montage that we have to address. Uh, Maybe he's a fine man. In fact, I'm I'm sure that he is. I'm, and I mean it. I'm I'm sure he's a better more pious, patient, kind, caring person than I am, having never met him. But knowing me, I, I'm, I'm confident that is the case. And those are all admirable qualities. And they're all needed. But they're, they're not as needed in some arenas 
and at some points as others. If you don't have the stomach or the level of don't give a care that the times in which we live require of you to be the leader of a church. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't at all. Frankly, societies are better off when leaders with your temperament and level of empathy are what it needs. But sometimes societies crumble to the point that it requires a guy with just enough douche that he'll pick up the jawbone of an ass and do what must be done. Sometimes the riffraff must be cleared. Sometimes the job is not all feeding sheep. Sometimes the job is shooting the wolves. If you don't have it in you to do that, why, why did I never get into the ministry? Because I don't have it in me to tend to the sheep. The preaching part of it's the easy job. It's the other, it's the other parts of the job I don't have the heart for. I don't have the patience for. I'm not a good enough man for. And that's not self-deprecation or fishing for a compliment. It's self-awareness. I'm not. Anybody who knows me knows that away from here, I have a charitable streak. I'll give you the shirt off my back. But I'm very selfish with my time. Keeping my schedule. Because, you know, to me, I've got to be very regimented and disciplined to maintain all of the things I'm called to do and be a dad, husband, and everything on top of that. You know, I'm, I'm not the guy you call at the last minute for something. I'm usually not available at the last minute. All, things, all those things are fair. You've known me for a long time. Yeah. Those things are all fair. Yeah. I'm not the guy that you call when, you know, your kids in the NICU, like, you know, my son Noah was as a baby, in the middle of the afternoon, can you come sit in a room with me for an hour because I'm not sure if my son's going to live? I've, as a dad, I was in that situation. I'm just not the guy you call to do that. That's not an area where I have a strong amount of giftedness or empathy. Fair? Yeah. Okay. But that's, and that's a key part of being the job of a pastor, right? Oh, it's a vital part, yeah. I would argue it's, it's what lends credibility to what you say and do in the pulpit yeah. is your willingness to serve on that level, right? That's why they're called pastors and not, or ministers and not orators, okay? If the job was orating, I would have probably gone into that vocation, but it's not. This job is orating, so I went into this one, okay? But sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the world around you is on fire, and sometimes you just, it's not a time for pleading. It's not a time for pretty please. Sometime, sometimes it's a time for 
Thus speaketh the Lord God of hosts. Turn or burn. Here I stand, I can do no more. May God have mercy on my soul. I'm not budging. No, I don't bend the knee. My answer is no. Sometimes it's a time for that. Now, not all the time. You know, my temptation is that's kind of how I'm wired. And so I kind of want to justify circumstances to justify my behavior in that area. I do that too, right? You know, like I'll retcon conflicts so I can, in my own conscience, justify being a, a, a jerk. Okay? I do that too. Those are, those are the areas where I struggle. But if, if you're nice, God bless you. Consider an orphanage. Um, consider missions being your full-time ministry. With it, we, an inordinate amount of patience and empathy, you know, is needed. But I might suggest with all, and I mean this not even, you know, cynically. I, I mean this with all sincerity I can muster. But might I suggest if you're nice, and Aaron, the pastor you put in that video, pleading with Governor Newsom to get to whole, tr- get to whole church, doesn't he just strike you? It's just a sweetheart of a guy. Yeah. You know? Brother, and I say this with much love, it's time for you to step aside. You have run your race. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enjoy your retirement. I can think of numerous charitable endeavors that you can devote your time to. People who could really use your heart. Fair? Yes. Yeah. Like missions are a great example of that, as I just said. You're in Santa Clara County, so that's Northern California. You're not going to be far from the San Francisco and Oakland areas. (sighs) Brother, there's some mission fields there. I mean, the city government has given homeless people, as part of their care packages, hotel rooms to keep them off the streets during COVID, hotel rooms, liquor, and marijuana. True story. That's happening. Like I think there's a mission field for a guy, for that gentleman right across the bay that that could use a gentle touch, right? Some really yes. broken people, right? Right. But this time, it, for you in a pulpit, my friend, I, I think is probably past. Okay. Because if you are on video begging a freaking pagan who on a smoke break goes down to the proverbial Valley of Elah to defile himself and shake his fist at the one true God and then laughs as he gets a $500 haircut afterwards. And my friend, you are begging him and not even like ironically, like seriously begging him to have a platform to preach the word of God. Literally, hell no. Hell no. 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 I, I, that's the most pathetic headline, maybe the most pathetic headline I've seen in the history of the American church. Pastor begs his governor to have church? For reals? My friend, it, it, it's time to punch out.
Okay? We all have a time, and we got to know it. You know? Um, I, I think we've, we found yours. It's time to punch out of here. Okay? Because we're heading in and are already immersed within a hot culture war right now. And this is not a time for pussyfooting around and begging coercive pagan governments for permission to hold church. No. No, we, we don't do that. We don't we don't do that. Oh wait, I forgot that. Was that what was that page? What what where was it in the New Testament? I believe Christ sent the disciples over to the Roman proconsul to get certified so they could then go out two by two. Yeah. Papers, please. Yes, right. Yeah, they 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 did that, didn't they? Mm, no. 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 That didn't happen. Huh. Hmm. Okay then. Yeah, I was right the first time. Uh no, brother. And, you know, we talk a lot about accountability and leadership. You know, where we need more accountability is you're just not cut out for the times in which we live. And that's okay. We all, dude, we're all going, unless, you know, you die prematurely and suddenly. The vast majority of us, the, you know, the, the median age of death in America is 78 for a male. Which means that the vast majority of us are going to eventually come to a point in time where we're going to outlive our usefulness in some areas. That's unavoidable if you're that old, right? Yeah. That's just part of life. Nothing wrong with that, okay? You ran your race. Looks like you built, I don't know how long you've been the pastor there. I mean, it's a gorgeous church. I don't know if you, either you maintained it or helped build it. I mean, God has blessed your ministry clearly, and that's great. But my friend... And I say this with much love. If you are on camera begging a pagan procurator to hold his assembly, no, dude. Tap out. Okay? Need somebody with a little bit more urine and vinegar. A little bit more exuberance in that position. Uh, who stands up and says, uh, you will not defile uh, this sacred ground. And I don't care how many fines you give me, how many cops show up, we're holding our services. Because I don't, I don't bow to you. That's, that's what this is going to take. Not that. That, and I don't mean this critically. Sadly, it is pathetic. If you're a pastor in this audience, please don't ever do that. Oh. No one emulate that, please. I beg of you, oh, don't. But there's the rub. Set aside all of the theologically gone pastors. Let's just consider all the ones within the bounds of current orthodoxy. Mm -hmm. Even amongst that group, Steve. Oh, there's a lot of them. I think that would be defaulting to his position, and that speaks to something beyond COVID. It speaks to something fundamental, even in all the good that they did, something fundamental in the modern church has been long gone for a long time. We, 
of course we were supposed to, it's our calling to be prepared for times such as this, more so than anybody else. And I'm including the military in that, to know the signs of the times. Yet we are caving as much or more. What does that tell you? This man is not alone, and I think we all know it. And that is chilling as hell. We gave you this holiday. We gave you this holiday. We gave you this holiday. We gave you this season. We gave you this season. We gave you this season. Dude, that doesn't mean what you think it means. That's why I put that clip in there. That, that, that doesn't mean what you think it means. You're not garnering any favor. If, if, you, gave, if you gave, in your words, Caesar, all, all of those periods of time, all of those seasons of time, and he still hasn't heard your pleas yet, he, he's not going to. So if you're this convicted that meeting in person, as is my con- conviction, is this important... Why are you still asking him? I think we just answered that question already. Yeah, I just... I mean, um, the, the culture needs men like you, sir, not men like me. Men that aren't, don't, don't struggle uh, with, their, with their righteousness and their temper the way I do. But... but Men like you have another side that you have a calling to. Sometimes you have to shoot the wolves. Now that's a metaphor, obviously. And that ain't going to get it done, brother. I mean, you sound like you sound like a Hebrew slave saying to Moses, "Hey, why'd we come out here in the desert?" Now, since you spoke up, now I got to make my own straw That'll for the preach. bricks too. That'll preach. I mean, you sound like a Hebrew slave, brother. Please. America needs better leaders in the church than people like me. I'm not moral and righteous enough to be that leader. But it, it if those of you who are have no fight in you, then... You know, this culture's toast just for a different reason, but that's the same result. It won't be licentiousness or lasciviousness. It'll just be complacency and groveling. But, I mean, you end up at the bottom of, you know, you end up at a page in the history book. Nevertheless, we got to have better than that in our pulpits, man. Okay? especially a year into this. Hey, the first month, maybe you're meeting with local public health officials. You want to be safe, sanitary, sanitary, you know what's going on a year into this. Hell no. Speaking of that year, we're going to look back on it quite a year in fake news next. Greetings, back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Email the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. Don't forget the free speech alternatives to those two censoring platforms. You can uh, look for Steve Dace on Gab, MeWe, 
and follow Steve Dace on on Parlor. And then you can get clips of the show at youtube.com slash Steve Dace or rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. If you're a podcast listener, thank you. Please, if you haven't done this yet, hit the subscribe button, leave us a five-star review. That is if you like us. If you don't, you know, don't lie, but maybe keep that opinion to yourself. But if you do like us, we appreciate you doing that for us because it helps the show to grow and it pleases the overlords here at The Blaze to see those likes and subscribes come in. So please keep those going. Thank you to all of you that have done those two things for us already. You know, we've been talking about Rough Greens for quite a while now. It's a powder that you spread over your dog's food. Pretty simple, right? But there's a lot more to it than that uh, because with that simple act, you're probably putting all the nutrition back into your pet's diet that is missing from the store-bought food that it's currently eating for the same reasons that um, a lot of that stuff is missing from our food. That's why we buy so many supplements today. It's stripped out of our food for mass consumption, long shelf life. The same thing is true at the store with our pet's food as well. And that's where Rough Greens comes in. It is the supplement that your pet has been looking for, for those vitamins, minerals, nutrients, uh, omega oils, antioxidants, etc. But... You're not sure, hey, is my dog going to like this? Well, let's make it easier than ever before to find out. We're going to give you the 14-day jumpstart back for free. Give it to you for nothing. All you pay is for the shipping, okay? You can at least do that. You pay for the shipping, and then your, your dog tries it on us for two weeks for free to see if you don't see a difference in your pet or not when you go to roughgreens.com. That's all you have to do. R U F F roughgreens.com or give them a call at 833-ROUGHDOG. That's 833-ROUGHDOG. Quick note, on if you know, we put in this uh, policy on the show a couple of years ago. We just got burned so often the first year of the Trump presidency that we just decided heading into 2018, we are no longer commenting on things that are either said anonymously from or about this White House, right? Yep. And it's just every time they just all turned out to not be true. Latest example is Aaron highlighted in his montage the the line that that's actually in the impeachment indictment. By the way, it's it says it in, it says it in the impeachment documentation. It mentions that story of Trump, uh, you know, uh, basically trying to um, uh, influence an election official in Georgia to get him the the voter fraud information that he wanted. Never said it. Never said. I mean, again, the amount of lying that goes on here. I mean, for for calling Trump a liar a lot. And let's face it, he's had his problems with the truth at times, too. But for calling Trump a liar a lot, they sure do seem to lie about him. Um, which is a good segue to where we're going next. Today is the one-year anniversary of 15 days to flatten the election year economy. The curve. The absolute dumbest management decision in not just American history, but, but human history. So dumb, for real. It deserves an entire hour of this week's fake news or not to commemorate. And I have to tell you, folks, it was hard. I came up with these top 10 stories. I ranked them in order. We'll go through them one by one. 
Todd and Aaron, you'll be able to comment. I have to tell you, narrowing this down to 10 was difficult. When we get done with this list, my inbox is going to be filled with people saying, how'd you leave this out? How'd you leave that out? I've only got an hour, man. An embarrassment of riches this and, year was. In, in, indeed. I mean, when you're trying to parse it down to 10 from, say, 666 candidates, I mean, it, it's that's that's a, you are an editor professionally. You still kind of are. That's a tough gig. It is. Right? It's a tough gig. But we settled on these 10, or at least I did. And as we go through them, and in the order I've ranked them, I will explain why. The top 10 fakest news stories of the fakest news year of them all, the year in COVID, begins with number 10. The amount of self-refuting panic porn that was out there, where literally, if you read the article, or you watched what they would say, so you'd see the thing on the lower third on your TV, but if you watched what they said, or you'd see the headline, and then if you read the article, would just contradict the outlandish claims that were being made in the graphics. Just self-refuting, constantly. But they know that we don't have a lot of time nowadays. Our attention spans are short, so we just grab headlines, we just grab the lower third and, and think that that's the story. One of my favorite examples of this, one of the most blatant examples of this, was last July. This is from the CBS affiliate in Los Angeles. Headline, Claremont 13-year-old dies after experiencing COVID-19 symptoms, right? We're having, I mean, are the kids vectors for the virus? We're, the whole debate is beginning to ramp up at that time about can the kids go back to school in August or September? Is it safe? Right, right? Right. And here's this splashy, breathless, tragic headline. From one of the largest cities in America, the second largest city in America. Here's a 13-year-old boy that dies after experiencing COVID-19 symptoms. And then you read the article and it said this. On July 9th, Max's mother took him to get tested for COVID-19. And the test came back negative. No. Keep in mind, this was at a time that I believe the PCR sensitivity level in america was uh, 74 every i mean everybody you dude you get a positive you get a positive anybody that wanted a positive covid test you got your mark you all got your marks anybody anybody could get a positive covid test pretty much in america just by showing up and breathing without a mask and yet this young man whose death in and of itself should be tragic enough such a young life so much unfulfilled promise and potential right I'm sure a broken-hearted mother, but no, that's that's not good enough. He had to be farmed out posthumously for COVID panic porn. And he and this example was hardly a lone wolf. Gentlemen, your thoughts. So in fairness, that story actually says um, that the coroner, I believe, was going to perform an autopsy to find out how Max died. And, um, uh, you know, we all know the results of that. Because I'm sure that was reported as well. Did you did you catch that? I believe it's right. It's, it's yes. It's with Marvis, uh, Marvin, uh, Marvin Hagler and uh, Hank Aaron's cause of deaths that we still don't have. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. There, there's that as well. You mentioned the press likes to lie about Donald Trump. It's more than that. Um, the press likes to lie about 
everything, they were perfectly suited in position to do narrative casting like this. The consequences be damned because there just never are any consequences. It, it does seem that there never are any consequences. Um, I, I, this this year was Don Henley's Dirty Laundry come to life. And the amount of gaslighting, well, let's just continue the list. You're going to see it. Let's go to number nine. Speaking of gaslighting, the rise of the panic porn pimps. People who you had previously never heard of, who suddenly became social media or national media celebrities like Scott Gottlieb on the left, who's basically just a complete big pharma uh, stooge. But maybe the worst of them all, Gottlieb at least has some accomplishments. The worst of them all is a non-paid visiting researcher nutritionist. But because he was a non-paid visiting researcher at Harvard, a nutritionist named Eric, just a guy named Eric, you know, go to and you're trying to drop a couple of LBs. Hey, can you give me a pamphlet on keto? That guy. That guy, you know, who has that seat in the lobby at every grocery store so they can virtue signal that they're not a fat farm, but no one ever goes to see, you know, that guy or gal. Usually it's a gal. That guy became Eric a huge social media sensation peddling the most ridiculous and often wrong, if not flat out discredited COVID panic porn, including his battle. By the way, he's a political operative straight up, straight up Democrat political operative straight up. And he spent much of his time last year saying we can never open the schools again. Right. And then recently, um, uh, this happened. Eric Feigelding. Boy, if that's not an appropriate name. It's like the names just name themselves, right? Ding. Eric Feigelding, the chief COVID-19 panic salesman on social media, quietly moved his family to Austria in the fall so that his kid could attend school in person after, as our, oh, as our friend Jordan Schachtel points out, after he's been a relentless proponent for school closures here in the United States and for months, months. But he was so serious about getting his kid in school, he went to another continent. And he is not alone, by the way. He's just one of the most blatant. Gentlemen, your thoughts? Well, it's in a time of crisis, all hands on deck is not a bad thing. So in and of itself, people you've never heard before uh, with perhaps a take uh, that's a bit outside the box, fine. But then why not Elgato Malo? And, though, and, and furthermore, why not Stanford University? That's the thing. In context, holding on to these guys while absolutely blacklisting anybody who mm -hmm. ran contrary to theirs, that's the crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like uh, the leaked Facebook page um, postings from the L.A. Teachers Union last week or the week before 
saying, uh, please do us all a favor. If you're going to go on a trip for spring break, please don't post it on social media. Flat out says it's really hard to tell parents and the public that it's safer to keep schools closed if you're actually posting pictures from your international vacations. First of all, first of all, spring break from what? <laughs> Anybody think about that? Dude, Second those of, TikTok videos are exhausting, Exactly, Aaron. exactly. Uh, secondly, that, that's just spelling out how the elites and Eric Feigelding fancies himself an elite and Scott Gottlieb fancies himself an elite. That's how they think. That's how they think. Um, lockdown for thee, but not for me. Jobs for me, but not for thee. We're the special, uh, we're, we're the shiny, special, happy people here. You are not. We get different sets of rules for you um, than there are for us. That's how they all think. Good. We could point to numerous examples. Steve Adler, the mayor of Austin, Texas. Governor Whitmer going to do some weatherization. Debbie Burks, who could forget about her, going and um, doing some weatherization on her home as well for Thanksgiving with three generations of her household. Uh, she was worried family. about her parents. Yeah, yeah she yeah. was. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. We, we all have different rules. We all have different crosses to bear. Um, but some crosses are more equal than others. I mean, it's, they're District 1, man. And, and you know, as Caesar Flickermer would say, yeah! Okay, I mean, that's what they are. They're District 1. I mean, L.A., with its mask mandate, they had the Grammys, all those artists and everything there, nobody wearing any that's masks. That's going to backfire on them, I, I would think, I would hope. But then again, I might be making the same mistake that I made last year. Yes, indeed. I hope you don't, but I, I suspect you might be. Um, Let's get to number eight. Where it all began. Imperial College, Jeremy Grantham, IHME, oh my. Imperial College, Neil Ferguson's out, outlet, uh, that, or outfit that created the, the OG doomsday scenario for COVID-19. The survey that shut the world down, it only turned out to be wrong about everything. About literally everything. Like the last time the guy weighed in on a pandemic and Neil Ferguson was totally wrong about that too. Um, this survey is what got me started down the road we've been on for the last year. I remember it was released one year ago today. And it's not coincidence that, it, that its release coincided with the White House launching 15 days to flatten the curve. It was in response to this. Boris Johnson in the UK had originally pl- planned to pursue a Sweden-like advantage or strategy with COVID-19 until this survey changed his mind. I remember reading this survey. I read it the night of the 16th, alone in my basement. Because I was, a f- something didn't smell right to me, but I also didn't want to be the scientist on Krypton who all told Jarrell they were wrong and then the planet blows up, Right. So I'm like, you know, I got to read this thing for myself. It's a devastating report. It's splashy. It's got impressive graphics. It's a devastating report when you read it. When I got done reading it, I mean, I'm down in my man cave uh, by myself. I just kind of hung my head. I'm thinking about my kids and the future. 
And I, a still small voice in the back of my head says, you need to Google Imperial College and climate change. I've only heard audibly that still small voice a couple of times in my life. But when you hear it, you do what it says. So I did. And what emerged was a cornucopia of horse manure. Led by the university's benefactor, this gentleman. His name is Jeremy Grantham. That's impossible, but it is. It's, 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 what I'm about to tell you is just a straight up truth. Jeremy Grantham is a billionaire who believes that Western civilization is responsible, in his own words, for a 250-year energy bubble because of its addiction to fossil fuels. He is on a one-man crusade like a lot of our billionaires are. Boy, I miss Gordon Gecko. At least I knew what motivated him. Wine, women, and song. Give me, give me, give me the materialistic, shallow, vapid megalomaniacs of the 80s. Could we have those again, please? I'll take please. them. Because at least while they were destroying their own lives, they left us the hell alone. You know what I'm saying? Now, now they think they're apostles. And they are. Of the spirit of the age. And Jeremy Grantham, oh, if he's not the Peter... He is a Paul. He is a plumb line. He has donated 80% of his own fortune to ending our way of life. One of his biggest donations, Imperial College. They have an entire wing named after him. And only a couple of days after they released their doomsday survey, Imperial College came up with a subsequent paper of how we can now use how COVID is going to change our lives as the time and place to finally make the environmental changes, implementations. Basically, now is the time for a reset. Pardon the pun, except it's not one. Now is the time to impose a a Green New Deal. We're all at home anyway. Now's the time to do it. Did you ever wonder why all of Imperial College's solutions don't drive, don't go anywhere, don't do anything? Did you ever wonder why they all sounded like proto versions of the new Green New Deal? Because that's who this university is. That's its driving force. When I read that, and this isn't a secret, go research Jeremy Grantham on your own. He is... He's, a, he's an apostle, folks. He's evangelizing to you. And then you read through the model again, which I did. Now that, now that the emotion has been stripped away, now that my fear is gone, now I'm reading it critically. And the model's bunk. It's, 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 it, it doesn't add up. It's premise and conclusion, logically, Starting with its its admission that it's not sure how COVID is spread, that can be a that is that important a little bit when projecting what a, the, what a virus may do is knowing is it is it droplets is it aerosol is it fomites is knowing this information important 
So in other words, we're going to make these sweeping conclusions and justifications without, while admitting our premise is not only flawed, it's, it's a zero. It's, it, it does, we don't have a premise. We don't have a premise. You're really saying. I mean, if we're going to commit all these things in order to stop the spread of something, but we don't really know how it's spread, your premise isn't flawed. You don't have a premise. You don't have one. But they weren't alone. Then there was Bill Gates, IHME, the always wrong University of Washington, IHME models. If 15 days to flatten the curve was inspired by Neil Ferguson and Imperial College, lockdowns and 30 days to slow the spread were all governed by Debbie Burks and Anthony Fauci's slavish, and I mean slavish, devotion to this model. When Christy Nome at CPAC talked about how Anthony Fauci called her up and said, you're going to have 10,000 people in the hospital there, and they never had more than 600, where did he get those numbers from? I'll tell you where he got them from. I-H-M-E. As late as late May, when Texas opened up and I jumped on a plane to go down there to show, hey, it's safe to travel. I was sitting in a hotel lobby in Dallas, Texas. Fox News was still hosting and interviewing the experts from the IHME model going into Memorial Day, even though they'd been wrong for going on three months. Thoughts? I always found it curious how familiar Jeremy Grantham's name sounded because it's it's very, very... Uh, it sounds very, very close to one Jeremy Bentham, mm-hmm. the founder of modern utilitarianism. Yes, yes. And then, yes. And, then, and then Imperial College. Um, who was one of their most notable alumni? I've pointed this out on numerous occasions. It was H.G. Wells, right? Yeah. War of the Worlds. Anybody? The one-night panic in the United States that ensued because of Orson Welles' translation of that into radio broadcast. The similarities, the... Mm-hmm. Time is a flat circle <laughs> with with these connections are, are just incredible. Incredible. They're spectacular. This isn't fake news because this is what science is now. It's because science was what it had became before COVID that it could accomplish what happened. And you look at you look at Fauci's connections to Wuhan. You look at this. I, it is an even bet that this thing was entirely manipulated and desired by these people because that's what science has become and that's why i told you once we got to the point of science and science determining a boy could become a girl anything could happen and it did it's not the it's it's not darwin's origin of species that's really the danger we we skeptical scientific inquiry i would long for that We've skipped right past origin of species. We just go right to descent of man now. We just go right to scientism as philosophy. We just go right to, here's our new spirit of the age to replace the old Judeo-Christian framework. And that's the driver here. And that's not science. That's philosophy. And that's what most of this is. Number six. We won't spend very long. Seven. Or seven, thank you. Uh, Number seven. Trust the experts except the ones 
that actually followed established science. If you believed, like Scott Atlas at Stanford, um, Jay, and how do you pronounce his oh, last Chara. name? Thank you, I never get it right. Uh, at Stanford University. John Ioannidis at Stanford University. Uh, Sunitre Gupta at Oxford University. Martin Koldorf at Harvard. Um, Tony Katz at Yale. I, I mean, are these podunk jucos? I'm naming Apparently. off here. Losers. Yeah, scrubs. What'd they get on the SAT? 2,700? If you if you're any of these individuals and you followed the established laws of virology, biology, immunology, you're a quack because nutritionist Eric Feigel Ding is here to be the healthcare version of Michael Avenatti. From the very beginning, you know what blew me away, especially when I got down this road with Jeremy Grantham, is I immediately thought this entire argument would now become a proxy for for global warming. And it would be the Blaze and Breitbart and Tucker Carlson against the science academies, right? What blew me away from the very beginning is a lot of our most illustrious science academies called total BS on this from the very beginning. Oxford called BS on Imperial College the day after their survey came out. The day after. They got ignored. Number one university in the world. Just ignored. Stanford is one of the top five medical schools in the United States of America. And until Scott Atlas was put on the task force last August, they were just ignored. For months and months and months, just ignored. We need to know the answer to that question. All the potential answers are probably bad, but we need to know what those answers are. Because there were experts from the beginning here. And not, you know, hey, Hillsdale College is a great school, tough to get into, but it's been ideologically branded, right? Mm -hmm. This wasn't, you know, the Hillsdale College team of scientists, folks. These are from universities that are also teaching critical race theory, that are also teaching 58 genders, meaning they're on the other team in most of these cases. Now, you know, Atlas is a little different because he's from the Hoover Institution. They tend to be right of center. But Johnny Yanides isn't. A lot of these people are from institutions who think we are the flat earthers. What do you mean that, you know, uh, the, that human uh, evolution didn't happen sporadically, meaninglessly for six billion years? What are you guys, uh, flat earthers? Even within their own camp, people thought this was BS all along. And they just got ignored. We need to know the answer to that question. If you are struggling with pain and inflammation in the body, whether it's back, knees, neck, shoulder pain, for me, it's the left hip flexor. You know, the underlying cause could very well be uh, you paid attention to the past year or inflammation. Uh, now, if you've got an injury, go get uh, medical professional help. But if it's inflammation, uh, Omega XL can help. Backed by 35 years of clinical research, it attacks the inflammation that is causing your pain. It does more than those pain relievers and topical rubs. They do work, but they just treat the symptoms or mask the symptoms. You want to deal with the cause of the pain because if inflammation gets too bad, it can lead to more serious issues down the line. It's the product that I use. I would recommend you use it as well if you want to give it a shot. We can give you an offer of buy one, get one free right now. Buy one bottle. They'll send you the second one for free when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Again, that's OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Number six on our list we won't spend a lot of time on because, frankly, I can't stomach talking about it for very long. 
the White House Coronavirus Task Force. If this was lockdowns, the dumbest management decision of all time. Holding these task force briefings, especially for as long as they went on, is among the dumbest political strategies I've ever seen and probably in all of American history. Thank you, Mike Pence. It's just, I, I, don't, I don't want to even delve into it anymore. Just even thinking about it makes my skin crawl. Um, I, I didn't even vote for Trump in 2016. I felt like throughout much of 2020, I was fighting harder for his reelect than he was while he was presiding over whatever the hell this joke was. For how many moons did this go on and on and on and on? My favorite moment was the day that he unveiled, which I thought was a really inspiring plan for reopening the country. And then he spent the next two days, him and his task force, attacking Brian Kemp in Georgia for actually reopening the state of Georgia. I just the whole thing was an unmitigated disaster of epic proportions, and it elevated Anthony Fauci to godlike status. It was a complete and total zero. Other than that, I'm sure it had a wonderful singing voice. Well, it's not often you get to put the words healthy and delicious in the same sentence together, but with the fantastic product known as Built Bar, you get to do that. It is the best tasting protein bar you have ever had, the most nutritious candy bar you've ever tried, um, because it has the texture, test, taste, and flavor of a candy bar, except it's... 160 calories or less, up to 20 grams of protein, five net carbs or less. Uh, it, it fits every lifestyle that, that you're looking for to get healthier, whether it's low carb, low sugar, low calorie. It fits them all, and it's got well over 20 flavors, all covered in real chocolate. And I'm just telling you, it's the best you've ever had. It's absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, mint brownie, if you like chocolate-covered fruit, if you like cookies and cream, chocolate mint, chocolate peanut butter. It's got all those things. You like chocolate chip cookie dough, as I do. It's got that, too. And right now, you can try 15% off your next order. 15% off your next order when you go to BuiltBar.com, B-U-I-L-T. BuiltBar.com. Just use my name, Dace, as the promo code at the checkout, D-E-A-C-E. Promo code Dace at BuiltBar.com. 15% off. You will thank me later. I promise. Let's continue on. Special hour-long edition of Fake News or Not, the year in COVID on this, our new national holiday, the one-year anniversary of 15 days to flatten the election year economy. Flatten the curve. An entire year that was fake. So, of course, it was full of fake news. And these are the 10 that stand out to us. We begin the second five with one of America's most successful serial killers, Andrew Cuomo. David, we're sitting by for Governor Cuomo's press conference, his daily briefing. How would you contrast Cuomo and President Trump's handling of the crisis? Truth versus mendacity. Governor Cuomo, um, out there day after day after day, everything Trump isn't. Honest, direct, brave. Real leadership of the kind the president of the United States should have provided. Governor Cuomo is clearly living in a totally different reality, the actual one, 
than the president of the United States. Governor Cuomo has become a national leader. For a lot of people, Andrew Cuomo has become the leader of the Democratic Party. He is conveying incredible strength. You spoke to National Guard troops today in a stirring speech that, if I wasn't listening carefully, I thought you would sending soldiers off to war. Just a pathetic amount of ball slurpage for a guy that murdered thousands, thousands of elderly in the state of New York. Andrew Cuomo, how bad was this year that this guy merits only fifth on this list? It's bad, but uh, per the poll and Aaron's montage today, uh, it's looking increasingly likely this dude's going to survive. So once again, fake news. It's not a lie, Steve, if you believe it. I still don't believe he'll survive, but I hear what you're saying. Aaron? Yeah, Andrew Cuomo. I mean, the daily briefings, the Emmy Award... The book. I mean, he's he's had himself a great a great year, and he he wants you to know as well. There were no lying. Uh, there was no lying about nursing homes or covering up. Even though his top aide Melissa DeRosa admitted as much to Democrat lawmakers, it's just funny. It, it, I should say it would be funny if it weren't so appalling. The line so many Democrats are walking, trying to walk right now of mentioning these these accusers yet kind of as an afterthought mentioning the nursing home scandal as well because they can't completely ignore that but they can't put that in the spotlight either mm-hmm. it's just like maybe if we just keep on throwing the accusers maybe like nine thousand ten thousand of them uh, maybe maybe we undercounted the accusers by more than 50 percent, something like that that's their psychology maybe if we just add enough psych- accusers then uh, maybe that will outweigh or outshine you know that other thing Number four on our top 10 list of the worst fake news in the year in COVID. Hey, what's a Sweden? You know that country that for most of my career, our lefty friends told us we needed to become more like. Suddenly, when we were like, man, I kind of like what's going on in Sweden. They're like, Sweden wrecked them, barely knew them. What's a Sweden? Who knew? Right? Um, I, I thought it might be fun. You know, we did this early on in the year in COVID. Very early. We compared Sweden and Michigan. Now, why did we do that? Um, because um, one didn't lock down. The other had one of the strictest lockdowns in the U.S. Uh, one has never compelled masks. The other still does. They both have, though, about the exact same total population. The population density is even similar, uh, where a large segment of the Swedish population is around their largest urban center in Stockholm. The same thing is true in Michigan around Detroit. Uh, They also have harsh winters in their northern region. So, I mean, there's a lot of similarities here between Sweden and Michigan. And I grew up in Michigan, so I know the state very well. Let's look at how they have performed on COVID. This is through March 14th. Total cases. Michigan has had 670,088. Sweden has had 712,527. Uh-oh. Sweden's had more cases. That, that, that's a problem, right? Huh? Is it? How about deaths? Michigan records 16,769 deaths with COVID. Sweden, despite the increase in cases, only 13,127 deaths with COVID. How about deaths per million per capita? Michigan reporting 1,679 deaths per million. Sweden, again, with an increase in cases, just 1,296. How about this stat? This one's the mother of all stats. Most ever hospitalized on a given day during the pandemic. Michigan had 4,087 people hospitalized with COVID on, one, on a day last April. 
Sweden also last April had its highest day of hospitalizations in the history of the pandemic. But it was just 1,167 people. So despite having 6.3% more cases than Michigan, Sweden ended up outperforming that state by every other meaningful measure. Deaths, deaths per capita, hospitalizations. And they did it without a lockdown and without masks. Sweden has one of the lowest mask compliance usage rates in the world. I believe it's like 15% of the population wears masks. That's it. We, by the way, have one of the highest, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Thoughts on Sweden quickly. Told you. They're all cause mortality. That's the stat I mentioned to you earlier, Steve. Yep. It's the same as any other year. Yep. Yep. Panic is a choice. Exactly. Well it's a, it's a leap of faith as well. Which brings us to number three. Ah, uh, commence. Oh, masquerade. Now folks, I mean, we could have done four or five hours of just fake news on masks. All right. But so much fake news, so little time. So we think that this chart, in terms of a catch-all, this might be the most damning ex- exposure of the masquerade of anything we've seen found in one sitting. This is a survey of American mask usage going back to March 20th of last year through March 3rd of this year. All right, so you see the percentage per capita of Americans, so the percentage and per capita of Americans masking for the last year. That's the orange dots at the top. And you see that since May, um, we have been, uh, since late May, we've been at or above 80% mask compliance in America. We have one of the highest mask compliance rates in the world. And yet, look at the chart, look at the graphics below in blue, where you see the pathology of the virus. And what you see is that it's just completely and totally set apart from whatever the hell we're doing with these masks. The virus just does what it's going to do, no matter how many masks, triple masks. I mean, if you're really worried about spreading the virus, put on five masks. You won't spread anything, including yourself. Do us a favor. So you look at all those graphics there. And guess it all boils down to the masks don't work. They, they don't work. I could do three hours of graphics like this. Any state in the union, every region of the world, it would all though, it would all come down to what's in that one graphic right there. The virus ebbs and flows regardless of how many of us are masking and how many masks we're masking with. Do we need to even add anything other than that chart? No. The whole thing is a farce, a religious cult, and a lie. Other than that, though, keep it up. Number two. The one and only Anthony Fauci. What do you tell the American people uh, about what's going on? Should they be scared? Uh, I don't think so. The American people should not be worried or frightened by this. It's a very, very low risk to the United States. I think if you're a healthy young person, that there is no reason. If you want to go on a cruise ship, to go on a cruise ship. 
But this is not a major threat for the people in the United States, and this is not something that the citizens of the United States right now should be worried about. Or asymptomatic infection that probably brings the mortality rate down to somewhere around 1%, which means it is 10 times more lethal than the seasonal flu. We would like the country to realize that as a nation, we can't be doing the kinds of things we were doing a few months ago. I'm your biggest fan, I'm trusting everything you tell me. Doctor, Doctor Fauci. But I am very careful and hopefully humble in knowing that I don't know everything about this disease. And that's why I'm very reserved in making broad predictions. But the one thing historically people need to realize that even if there is some asymptomatic transmission, in all the history of respiratory-borne viruses of any type, asymptomatic transmission has never been the driver of outbreaks. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really no. closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. Fauci reversed course after, he says, it turned out people without symptoms were a significant source of spread. And masks, even homemade ones, could help stop transmission. Masks really do work. Do you know the Tony I? I'm your biggest fan. I'm trusting everything you tell me. I was talking with our UK colleagues just today who were saying the UK is very similar to where we are now in outbreak because each of our countries have that independent spirit and we don't want to be told what to do. Well, I understand that, but now is the time to do what you're told. One cannot doubt Anthony Fauci's influence. Over the past year, there just may be some doubt of who or what is influencing him. Before we unveil number one on our list, some great news to share about our friends at Patriot Mobile. They just expanded their coverage dramatically, which makes it even easier for even more Americans to dump those big-name carriers uh, that charge you way too much anyway Anyway, while trying to end your way of life because then they take what they charge you too much for and donate it to the causes that hate you. They don't do that at Patriot Mobile. It's America's only conservative cell phone wireless provider. Plus, you can switch with confidence because they are going to give you virtually the same network as the larger uh, providers do while charging you less. And switching is easy. You can keep your own phone number if you want. Uh, keep your phone. Bring your phone with you. Get a brand new one. Whatever you want to do, they will customize it for you. Build your own bundle with multi-line discounts. You're going to save even more. If you're a veteran or first responder, you save even more as well. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. This month, you get a free premiere activation. That's where they set the whole phone up for you. And they'll give you a special gift with the offer code Steve when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. That's patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Or give them a call at 972-PATRIOT with the promo code Steve at 972-PATRIOT. This now brings us to number one in the year. I mean, what could possibly top Anthony Fauci? This. But the one thing historically people need to realize that even if there is some asymptomatic transmission, 
In all the history of respiratory-borne viruses of any type, asymptomatic transmission has never been the driver of outbreaks. The driver of outbreaks is always a symptomatic person. Even if there's a rare asymptomatic person that might transmit, an epidemic is not driven by asymptomatic carriers. That's the science, and it has proven to be true with this virus as well. Studies all over the world have found 3%, 8%. Our own CDC says it's 15, one of the highest estimations in the world of asymptomatic spread. Why does that matter? We have one of the highest estimations in the world of asymptomatic spread, and we're only estimating 15%. Why does that matter? Why is it number one? Because, folks, the entire last year, the lie we were told, or the PSYOP we were given, was that we had to quarantine the healthy for the first time ever in the history of our species. We were going to quarantine the healthy in an outbreak. Because, yes, it's really not that lethal of a virus to the vast majority of people, but you'll get it, not realize you have it, and go and infect grandma and murder all the old people with it. So we all, the healthy, the younger, all had to be locked away. Our businesses shut down to avoid this happening. Well, your family-owned business shut, shut down, not if you're a mass corporatist that donates all kinds of money to political parties. You didn't have to be shut down. All over the fear of asymptomatic spread, something that, as Fauci noted from the very beginning, when it comes to respiratory viruses, including this one, it's really not a thing. It's not the driver of this. We just abandon all of that science. And oh, by the way, in the end, in the end, over 90% of the people that have died of COVID were 50 or older anyway. So we did all this. Graduations, weddings, proms, things you're never getting back ever again in some cases. We did all of this to save our grandmas and they all, and, and the, they're who gets killed by this anyway. We did it for nothing because this isn't science. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, a fear porn, idolatry, a psyop, conditioning for a coming antichrist. I, I don't know which of these things it is, but I know what that I know that which it is not. It's not science. Final thoughts before we get out of here. Well, it's because you can have such a perversion like that that I'm still confident that whatever the death toll is right now, it's not true. Love your neighbor, wear a mask. That's my nominee for fakest news of the of the year that line we're to stick around overtime for blaze tv subscribers we'll record it here in a moment for the rest of you see you again tomorrow noon to two eastern after glenn beck until then john 317 this is steve dace on the blaze radio network